Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. Hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday morning. Got a lot to get into today. I know it's a slow news day within sports because the Giants had an off day last night. The A's played the Yankees, and even though they got up to a 5-1 lead pretty early in the game, the Yankees still managed to come back, and I didn't mean to get into this right away, but uh, Sean Murphy, the catcher, he'd interfered Twice in the seventh inning, catcher's interference with both Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. He's the first catcher to have two interference calls in the same inning since Baltimore's Pedro Severino on July 29, 2020 against the Yankees on Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. So I don't know what it is about the Yankees. They just cause catcher's interference calls. But that's really about it in the world of live sports. There's no hockey anymore. No more basketball. In days like yesterday, you didn't really have much baseball to go around. Um, so today, I want to get into some NBA free agency because we did have a couple of updates, but that's not all. At 5.15, it's going to be a fun show today. California's, now California's, Great America, it was reported that it is going to be closing permanently. Now, it's not going to happen for quite a while, But I got emotional last night because I spent my childhood at that place. So at 5.15, going to do a little ode to Great America. And it's going to be in slam poetry form. This is going to be the first time in pregame show history that we do a little slam poetry. And it's going to be about Great America. And you might be wondering, what the hell are you doing, Steven? I'm doing my damn radio show. That's what I'm doing. Doing what I want. So I got a note to Great America coming up at 5.15. And then after that, on the final half hour of the show... I don't know if anyone's seen it yet, but there's an E60 out called Unrivaled, 
with the Avs and the Red Wings and their rivalry uh, back in the 90s, I want to say. And it was violent. It was fierce, and a lot went into it. It, The the trailer for this thing came out about a month ago, and the trailer was epic. So it had me thinking, which rivalries from Bay Area sports history would you like to see in an E60-style doc, kind of like that one? Where you're looking at two teams, and you get a real in-depth look, and you get the players, and you get the coaches, and their thoughts all on it. So that's going to be what's coming up on the show today. But real quick, i got to ask you at the Xfinity Mobile text line at 888-957-9570 because I do want to get to some updates within NBA Free Agency, but I just wanted to ask this question. What's the most satisfying task you've accomplished at home, whether it's cleaning something or building something? Because yesterday, this is what my day consisted of. It consisted of prepping for the show and then looking at this ceramic stovetop that we have in our apartment and wondering how the hell it got dirty again. Because I cleaned this thing the other day, and it's been a few months since I've cleaned this ceramic stovetop. Never had a ceramic stovetop before. Read a couple of things on how to clean it. I bought a little product. Over at Safeway, and the product didn't work. Had one of those scrubbers, you know, and it just it didn't get everything off. And then I found out, oh, you need a scraper to go along with that so you can clean off all the gunk on the ceramic stovetop. So I ended up going to Home Depot, getting a whole set for the ceramic stovetop thing, and it turns out the scraper makes all the difference. I spent like 45 minutes on that thing. And it was spick and span. It was very clean. And it was like the most satisfying thing I've ever done in my life. So I'm wondering if you have anything like that at 888-957-9570 at the Xfinity Mobile text line. Of course, you can weigh in on anything that we are talking about. But that is my question of the day to you. What is the most satisfying task around the house that you've completed? But within the NBA, (laughs) there's no transition. There's no easy transition at all. We got the news earlier on in the day, and this is something, like, I just... It it was much ado about nothing, all the KD and Kyrie talk, because we got the report from Sham Sharania after a video was posted of Kyrie in L.A. at some event, and someone's on the microphone asking him what he's going to do with the Nets, and then he basically sidesteps the question, turns away, doesn't want to answer it. So everyone's like, oh, he's not going to be with the Nets! Oh, he's spotted with LeBron in L.A. Because they were in the same car together, I guess. I, I I, don't know. There was so much going on around Kyrie Irving. And then we get the update from Sham Sharania that Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving is opting into his $37 million player option for the 2022-23 season. Irving is bypassing on multiple opt-in and trade scenarios to fulfill his four-year commitment to the Nets and Kevin Durant. And then... The news came out that Kevin Durant is going to be finding options with the Nets and sticking with them as well. So everything that happened with Kyrie and KD, all the talk surrounding that, was all for naught. (laughs) Like, it didn't even matter in the end. So there you go. Kyrie, KD, they get to stick in Brooklyn and, you know, maybe they could win something. I don't know. 
As long as Steve Nash is their coach, I don't know if he can coach. He wasn't able to get the nets around the Celtics blitzing and double-teaming Kevin Durant. So, I, you know, everyone's always blaming Kevin Durant for not getting around those double teams. How about your coach comes up with a better strategy and a better plan in order to beat the Celtics? But they didn't do that. And, you know, you could blame that on, you know, injuries. You could blame that on whatever. But it does come down to coaching. And I don't know if Steve Nash is that good of a coach. So that might ultimately be their downfall if they try to make the playoffs again because their coach does not understand how to make adjustments, at least within his first couple of years of the league. He could improve. He could improve. But Steve Nash, as long as they still got him around, I don't see the Nets winning anything time soon. Any winning anything anytime soon because it just does come down to coaching when it gets to the conference finals and then obviously onwards to the finals. We've seen it firsthand. We've seen it firsthand with Steve Kerr versus Jason Kidd, Steve Kerr versus Ime Udoka. You know, Steve Kerr versus Taylor Jenkins, Steve Kerr versus Mike Malone. Everything in the playoffs. Coaching matters. And so, as long as the Nets still have him around, I don't know if they're going to win much. But that was not the only news to drop. So, Kyrie sticking with this team. Okay, that's fine. But this other news that dropped within the Western Conference, John Wall. John Wall, his contract was bought out, and now he's moving on to the Clippers. Now, these numbers are... Staggering. Like the amount that John Wall is supposed to be paid every single year, it ne- you never look at that contract and think, oh yeah, that's normal. You never look at the you never look at the contracts that the Rockets are writing out for him and thinking, Yeah, you know what? That makes sense. They should do that. Like, no, he's had oh, he's been paying over forty million dollars a year just to do nothing because he's constantly hurt. And when he was with the Rockets, he was just on the bench, and he was making $42, $43 million when he was on the bench. And next season, he was going to get paid, and these are the numbers here. These numbers are staggering. John Wall was going to get paid $47.4 million with the Rockets this year. That's what they were on the hook for with his contract. So in order to buy out his contract... The player and the team must come to some sort of agreement so that the team can somewhat benefit from their buyout because this relationship is just over between John Wall and the Rockets. You'd figure, okay, $47.4 million, they're going to take off a lot of that. You know, what, what, what are they shaving off? $20 million off of that? What do you think they're shaving off? Six and a half mil. Six and a half mil from his $47.4 million contract. So, essentially, the Rockets are paying $40 million to not have John Wall on their team. Because they just do not trust it. Now, I don't know how that impacts the salary cap. There's a lot that goes into that. But the fact that they only came to an agreement of shaving off $6.5 million, and that's how much money John Wall's going to have to give up from that contract... It's just crazy. Now, when it comes to John Wall and the Clippers, I actually like the Clippers roster. And they do look good when you're when you're looking at it on paper. You know, you're like, whoa! Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they're gonna be teaming up with John Wall. Oh wait, they have Reggie Jackson too? Whoa! The Clippers, they're they look really good. Oh, Zubots is their big man? Wow! 
But really, they just can't stay healthy. The Clippers can't seem to figure it out. I don't know what it is with the Clippers. You know, they were fun for a year when, you know, they were in the playoffs and it was fun to watch Reggie Jackson go off during his time there. But the Clippers just feel like a non factor to me within the Western Conference. If you had to ask me which teams um, are up and coming next season, ones that I'm going to be watching out for, I'm curious to see if the Lakers do bounce back. I don't think they're going to. Um, I'll be curious to see if they actually get within the playoffs and if the Lakers do make the playoffs, what they look like because LeBron in the playoffs is still LeBron in the playoffs. I don't care. I mean, it's like, you know, it's kind of how we were looking at the Warriors last season. Just get in. Just get into the playoffs and let Steph and Dre and Clay do the rest. It's kind of the same with the Lakers. If the Lakers get into the playoffs and Anthony Davis and LeBron James are healthy, um, I'd be fascinated to see what happens with that. But other teams like the Mavs, the Grizzlies, we already know because the Warriors had played them uh, in the playoffs this season. So we already know they're going to be a factor in the Western Conference. But the Clippers aren't really on that radar for me. Even with the addition of John Wall. Actually, I really like John Wall, too. I love his game. He's a lot of fun to watch. That first step is just nasty. But will he change their team up? Will he change how the Clippers are viewed within the Western Conference? That might change, but I don't know about what they're going to do on the court and if this has any impact on the uh, on the Warriors in general. The other team that I'm really looking out for, though, and this is the other team that the Warriors played in the playoffs, and this is a team that is going to be a lot better if they add these next two guys next season, but Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back to the Nuggets, I think they could be a problem in the Western Conference next year. Not necessarily in the playoffs. they got a lot to prove in the playoffs. But if those two players were healthy throughout the season, I think we'd be seeing a Nuggets team that would have been a much higher seed than the sixth seed that they originally had, which ended up facing the Warriors in the first round. But, yeah, John Wall to the Clippers, it really doesn't do anything for me. You know, it's it's if Kyrie were to go to any of these teams in the Western Conference, he obviously he's opting in to stay with the Nets. But if Kyrie were to go to any any of these other teams, that wouldn't make much of a difference to me. Really, the only player that's been discussed so far in free agency, as free agency officially starts on Thursday, by the way, but the only player that I'd be kind of concerned about going to the Western Conference if he did, and that would be Kevin Durant, just because of how much of a baller he is. Not saying that I want him on the Warriors or anything like that. Not saying that at all. But if Kevin Durant were to, were to be in the Western Conference, I'd be looking at that team like, damn, but that's not going to happen. So as of right now, I'm not really scared of any teams in the Western Conference and the moves that they've made so far. I'm not. Maybe some can have a fun season where you know they climb up into the rankings and, oh my gosh, they're the sixth seed. What do you know? The Timberwolves are the sixth seed? Who would have thought? But when it comes playoff time, I'm not worried about it at all. And this move from John Wall to the Clippers, it doesn't do much uh, for me as far as you know, just how I'm looking forward to the season and thinking that the Warriors need to make some moves to counteract what the Clippers are doing. No, I don't think any of that. But wow, the, the 47.4 million for John Wall—that's just. I hope that number's accurate. I believe it's accurate. Got it off ESPN. <laughs> it better be accurate. That's just so much money, man. And basically paying $40 million to not have him on the team? The buyout market. 
the buyout market, there's a lot of money that's involved in that. I didn't see a buyout like that happening anytime soon. But 888-957-9570 is the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. We can get to some Anthony Slater sound. He was on with Damon and Ratto yesterday. Whitey Gleason was in for Damon. But Anthony Slater gave us some updates on Gary Payton II and Kevon Looney. Because along with those two... Nemanja Bialica, Andre Iguodala, we're wondering what's going to happen with them. And Anthony Slater gave us all the answers. But coming up next, and if you want to weigh in on this, please feel free to let me know what your favorite ride at Great America is and was if you used to go and don't go there anymore. Because coming up next, my ode to Great America. And that's going to be in slam poetry form, by the way. We'll get to that next. Stephen Lightford did on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in. What a great Tuesday morning. Although the sun's not out yet. I'm not seeing the blue sky raining down on the horizon. Okay, I don't even know what that means. I'm trying to create slam poetry off the fly here because that's what I'm going to do in this segment. Now, we'll get back to sports. And in the final half hour of the show, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We got Anthony Slater, who was on with Damon and Ratto yesterday, and he gave us the latest on the Warriors' free agents and what they are going to do with them so far, what he's hearing, because he wrote an article about it. So luckily, he was on with Damon and Ratto. So we will hear from Anthony Slater on the other side, plus... The E60, unrivaled. It's with the Avs and the Red Wings between their rivalry in the NHL. 
So my question to you is, which Bay Area rivalry would you like to see made into an E60-style dock with the unrivaled? Which one would you like to see? 888-957-9570. That's coming up later on in the show. But I got some... This is just... This is a personal segment for me, okay? So just stick with me here. All right? If you want to change the channel, feel free. Feel free to tune out if you want. This is going to be a personal segment for me, all right? This is something I wanted to do. But we got the news yesterday that California's Great America will be shutting down. Now, granted, the numbers, there's a wide range here. (laughs) The headline says it won't be shut down within the next, it will be shut down within the next 11 years. So, really, we got possibly 11 years until this actually happens. (laughs) But. I saw that news yesterday, and instantly, I wanted to do a segment about it. And 888 the Xfinity mobile text line. Of course, Great America is the theme park down in Santa Clara, right across from Levi Stadium, as you know. But we got the news from SF Gate last night. Great America shutting down within the next 11 years. So... I have my ode to Great America, and if you'd like to weigh in with your favorite ride or your favorite memory at Great America, 888-957-9570, because going back to the days where I had a little season pass, oh yeah, a little slam poetry time here. This is my ode to Great America. I had a season pass back when I was 12 years old, then 13 Then 14. Every summer spent at Great America. And you know what? Great America to me. Great America. Emphasis on that word. Great. And it was a great America. An America I once knew to be great. Oh, the rides. We'll start off with the rides. Oh, the Grizzly. The Grizzly was the oldest coaster in the park. It was wooden, which is ironic because it set the hearing in your ears back 30 years because of how damn loud it was on the track going up. That was the roar of the Grizzly, if you will, to start off that ride. Ah, Top Gun. You are now known as Flight Deck, but I'm always going to know you as Top Gun. Oh, man, if you really want to talk about the highway to the danger zone, Top Gun was it. Feet dangling, not knowing where they'll go. Could they have hit the water? Will my shoe fly off? So many lost phones. I used to get frustrated with that. It's like, hey, people, if you're going to go on Top Gun and you're going upside down, how about you don't wear... You know, shorts with really loose pockets so that stuff can fall out. The amount of stuff that I'd seen fall out when standing in the line at Top Gun, unbelievable. I'd seen a phone, I'd seen a license. I've seen it all when it comes to Top Gun. So many lost phones. In Vertigo. In Vertigo. How did I want to go on In Vertigo? You shut down your gates quite a few years ago in Vertigo. Backwards and forwards, upside down, 
It was so back and forth, much like things happening in this land we call America. Great America, that is. Ah, the centrifuge. Actually, the centrifuge was a sick ride. Who the hell created the centrifuge thing, man? All you did was spin, spin, spin. There was nothing added to it. I also think I have a permanent bone bruise in my hip because of your ride, Great America's Centrifuge. Just awful. So yeah, screw you, Centrifuge. Ah, Drop Zone. You turn to Drop Tower. Which to me left a taste in my mouth that was sour. Or maybe those were the airheads back at the Candy Cafe. No, actually, that sour taste in my mouth was because you just had to change that name. You just had to put it to waste something way, something way less cool than Drop Zone. Drop Tower. Weird little story about Drop Tower. Drop Zone. My friend went on it for the first time. He was terrified. And then when he got to the bottom, he actually kissed the ground. I am not joking. That is a real thing because he was that scared of Drop Zone. That's what it did to you. It made a friend kiss that nasty ground where everyone had walked had walked all over. All the gum. Ugh. Ah, the demon. The reason they called it the demon because, well, if you were any less than 5'8", your head would bash on each side of the straps or whatever you call them. You know why they called it the demon? Because your head would bang so hard against those, the, 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 the straps that you would be rid of your inner demons after you rode it. That was the first ride that I rode. The demon. That was the first roller coaster I've ever been on. Ah, the psycho mouse. I don't have anything insightful to say about you except for the illusion that You'd go flying into that back parking lot from the coaster, and that was just terrifying. You never knew. You felt like you were going to fly right out of the car. Oh, and also, Psycho Mouse, your lines were way too long. You needed to get the line system uh, sorted out. Come on, Psycho Mouse. Ah, the wave pool. Please don't tell me that thing is still running there. That thing was way dangerous. That was way too dangerous. That wave pool was terrifying. I never went in that. Anyone else go in that wave pool when they created it? I didn't go in that wave pool. Ah, we are on the back half here of the Ode to Great America. Ah, the pirate ship. Turning not only the ship, but our lives upside down along with it. Ah, the Whitewater Rapids. The Rip Roaring Rapids, as you'd say. Trying to turn the raft in such a way where the water would only splash onto the random patrons who joined you last second because the ride operator yelled, Hey, we have room for two more! In the line. And the mom, who's reluctantly on there with her little son, Timmy, decides to hop on the raft with you. And you try to turn it in such a way where only they get splashed. But in the end, we all get splashed. The rip-roaring rapids affects everybody. 
Ah, the bungee thing. You know that bungee jumping thing? I never did that. I never did the bungee jump. You know, you had to pay like an extra whatever it was, $25, $30 to do that. I never wanted to do that. I wasn't involved in the bungee jumping thing, so I don't really have much on the bungee jump. But Great America. Emphasis on that first word, great. And it was a great America. An America that I once knew to be great. That's going to do it. That's my ode to great America. (laughs) That might have been the dumbest thing that I've ever done on this show. Yet I am very, very proud of it. From the 650, my first ride was the demon when I was finally able to ride roller coasters, barely clearing the must-be-this-tall-to-ride line, playing the basketball game to collect all those mini college basketballs, and let's not forget the funnel cake that's Drake from Mountain View. From the 510, Rip Roaring Rapids, where you put quarters in to get the shirts. What? Yeah! <laughs> yeah, you would shoot them on the uh, on the river raft, yeah. From the 408, yeah, if you could never do that again, that would be great. <laughs> Alright, yeah, you got it. From the 510, why does it sound like you're spanking in the background? I was, like, I'm snapping! Try to create a little slam poetry theater here. Oh, 510, the Vortex was the first standing road, st- standing coaster in the park. That was a great ride. Yeah, I was a, I was a big fan of the Vortex. I liked the Vortex. That was an easy one to go on. Just standing up, doing corkscrews, going upside down. Great America, man. Closing after 11 years, or closing within 11 years. I don't know when that's going to be. <laughs> very uh, very broad, broad description there. It's like, yeah, all right, Great America, permanently closing its gates. And you see, within the next 11 years, like, damn. (laughs) So, that was one of the worst things that I've ever done on this show, but I am just, I'm very proud of that. For the 408, do you remember Stealth? That's Phil. Yeah, I remember Stealth. You laid down on the ride. What a time. What a time at Great America. Oh, all the memories. I'll never get over them changing Top Gun to Flight Deck, though. I understand you're switching from Paramount's Great America to California's Great America. But come on. From the 408, the Halloween Horror Take. Take the what? I can't read that. I don't even know what that says. But I did like the Halloween haunts that they had over there at Great America. What a time. What a time at that amusement park. All right. No more slam poetry for the rest of the day. I promise. Although, 408, you're saying, yeah, you can never do that again. That would be great. I may do that again. It just depends if another amusement park closes down within the next 11 years. Then you're going to be hearing some slam poetry. (laughs) All right. Coming up next. Now, I want to know from you. I need your participation here at 888-957-9570 at the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. Because we're going to get into this at about 5.45. I do want to get to the Anthony Slater sound from Damon and Ratto because he had a lot to say within Warriors Free Agency and he answered a lot of the questions that you may have so far. As I know know they don't have to pay guys like Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins till October and that's the deadline. But free agency starts on Thursday. So that's where things could get interesting. So Anthony Slater gave Damon and Ratto, Whitey Gleason was in for Damon yesterday, gave him some insight into the Warriors offseason. So we'll get to that. But E60, ESPN, the, you know, the other entity that they have, E60, it's one of their, uh, it's one of their video channels. 
they did a documentary on the Avs and the and the Red Wings and their rivalry, and it's called Unrivaled. So I was curious, and I want to know from you which great Bay Area sports rivalries would you like to see in that sort of documentary style format? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the Xfinity Mobile text line and the phone number. Going to be a fun final half hour here. Thank you for sticking through that slam poetry hour for Great America. It's my ode to Great America. I love that place, man. On 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. It's an audio daily double. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in. What a fun morning so far, huh? Talking a little NBA free agency. Little ode to Great America in that last segment. Thank you for sticking through that. It's the first time I've ever done a slam poetry reading on 95.7 The Game. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Little ode to Great America. It's a local institution. We got a lot of texts here. These are, uh, that's the thing. These are like the most texts that I've received prior to 5.30 in quite a while. From the 5.10, the Grizzly felt like it was ready to collapse at any second. Was always terrified of riding that thing. But it was one of those rides where like you had to go on it though. Every time you went there, it was like an obligation. There was no reason to actually go on it, but you felt like, all right, well, we've ridden everything. Hell, we've even ridden some things twice. I guess we got to go on the Grizzly now. Plus, the line's probably short. Then you go on it, and then it's just so loud going up at the top. <laughs> oh, man. From the uh, from the 650, Steph Curry ending franchises and theme parks. From the 925 from Ernie from Cochran. No other show gives you slam poetry at 5 a.m. The content we didn't know we needed. Damn right, Ernie. From the 408, Great America, best is waiting for the people on Rip Roaring Rapids and blasting them with the water cannon. Yeah, you'd always get those people. Dude, I'd take that personally. I'm like, what the hell are you getting me for? And for the 415, what happened to Stealth? I don't know what actually happened. I just know that it was it was a new ride back in like the early 2000s, and then they just stopped making it go. I don't know why. They, they discontinued it. I really don't know why, but this all... On the heels of the news that from SF Gate yesterday, that Great America is going to be permanently closing its gates within the next eleven years. <laughs> so, so I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's going to be now. I don't know if it's going to be in the twenty thirties. Like by the time twenty thirty rolls around, Great America could still be going. Then that segment was all for naught. But if you just tuned into this program for the first time during basketball season, and you listened to this program because of Warriors basketball, and you wanted to get the latest, you wanted to get your take in, well, now we are in the dog days of summer, baby. This show's about to get a little more weird. I guess is the word to put it. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I enjoy these summer days. I kind of do. I kind of do a lot of random things. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, oh, from the four and five, turn HTO to H two O to cognac. Yes, yes. Rest in peace, MF Doom. All right. 
Now, before we get to the fun rivalry conversation, because these are always a lot of fun when you kind of harken back to the days of the rivalries with your favorite teams. And the thing that I like about the Bay Area so much is that we have a ton of different favorite teams. You know, it's not like everybody's a 49er fan and not like everybody's a Raider fan, not like everybody's a Giants fan, not like everybody's an Ace fan. Everybody is different. So I do want to get your take on something within Bay Area sports rivalries, and I'll set that up at about 5.50, so that's going to come up in seven minutes. But I want to get to this from Anthony Slater. Of course, Anthony Slater, Warriors insider here at 95.7 The Game, covers them for The Athletic, does a terrific job. And yesterday, he wrote an article that pretty much gave us an update on the Warriors and where they're at in free agency, as free agency does begin on Thursday. So that's when you're going to understand a little bit more of the market. I mean, I'm already seeing on ESPN the latest article from Kevin Pelton. He's already talking about you know the big money going to Jalen Brunson of the Dallas Mavericks. And how can this impact the Warriors? Well, Anthony Slater... He talked to Damon and Ratto yesterday, although it was Damon or although it was Whitey Gleason in for Damon. But here's what Anthony Slater had to say about not only Gary Payton II, but Kevon Looney as well. It's not just the Warriors who need like versatile, disruptive wings. Gary Payton led the NBA this season in steals for 36 minutes. He's found his niche on offense, which is as an off-ball slasher, not a point guard, get out and transition. Like it's not just the Warriors that could use those type of players. The Warriors unlocked him. But, you know, you do have teams like Dallas looking, you know, seeing the Warriors in the playoffs going, man, we could use, you know, that as our fifth, sixth, seventh man. I think the problem for those guys is fifth, sixth, seventh men don't usually get huge money in free agency. So they're not about to step into these major paydays, but they should both get raises, and the Warriors need to be willing to pay that. So Looney is, according to Anthony Slater in his latest article, Looney is their priority. That's what, that's what He's made that known, that Looney is the priority for the Warriors. And apparently teams are more and more skeptical that they're even going to be able to sign Looney to a new contract from the Warriors. So that report, along with what Anthony Slater had to say, it makes me think that the Warriors are going to play uh, to pay Kevon Looney quite a bit of money. He was making about $5 million a year in the last three years. Just, just under $5 million. If you want to get into the decimals of all of it, it was somewhere within the range of 4.7, 4.8. And he'd made that for the last three seasons, which was, to be honest, unexpected. When Kevon Looney was up for a new contract, I don't think a lot of people expected uh, him to be back. Feels like every single time that he's up for, uh, it feels like every single time he, he he was out on the court and was able to stay healthy, he was fighting for that new contract. But every single time that he was in the playoffs, he performed. And they gave him that money back in 2018. They gave him that new contract. And of course, it took place in 2019, and it's up now. So that's why he's an unrestricted free agent. But Looney's the priority. Then you got GP2. Like, if you're going to be talking to me about power rankings and how I'd rank the importance of which to sign guys, number one would be Kevon Looney. Number two would be GP2. Number three would be Otto Porter. Number four would be Andre Iguodala. And number five would be Nemanja Bialica. Look, I know Bialica had his moments in the playoffs, but if they're not going to have him on his team, I'm not going to miss Bialica all that much. You know, that dude, some games, was a liability 
on defense. And then offensively, he'd knock down that three, but then he'd give you, you know, three extra turnovers in the game that were unnecessary when bench minutes were important, especially when the team wasn't healthy. You know, fully healthy at least. They weren't fully healthy until the playoffs, and that's when Bielitsa thrived. But the question is, during the regular season, if guys aren't healthy, can Bielitsa take a larger role than he did in these playoffs? And I don't know if he can. So I'm not really too worried about that. Andre Guadalla is an interesting one because you could just sign him for the minimum, but I don't know if he's going to stay in basketball and kind of take the Udonis Haslam route. Udonis Haslam with the Miami Heat, who's been with them forever, a homegrown guy. And now he just essentially coaches as a player. Like, that's what he does. Because he just wants to stick with the team. Is Andre Guadalla going to do that while simultaneously, you know, building up his business ventures as he's here in the Bay Area? I could see that happening. Or is he just going to retire and solely focus on other ventures? Like, is that what's going to happen with Andre Guadalla? That's my biggest question. But if they do keep him around, I think he's a. Uh, I think he's a fantastic asset to have on the bench. You know, if you, I, I know, like, you know, taking roster spots, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I know that's a big deal, but, you know, I, I don't think it's too much of a hassle if Andre Guadalla is taking up one of those 15 spots and he's also a coach because you're going to need that next season. We saw Iguodala and what he was doing during the playoffs, just constantly getting on Andrew Wiggins. You know, Jonathan Kaminga, when he was getting some minutes during the playoffs, although they were far, uh, few and far between, but Iguodala was constantly talking in his ear. And then you heard from Steve Kerr and Mike Brown. It was really interesting, actually. Steve Kerr, not only them two, not only Steve Kerr, not only Mike Brown, but Bob Myers as well, and even Ron Adams, too, when he joined the roast. All these guys who are part of the Warriors coaching staff, they all praised Iguodala for the job that he was doing. In, say, in saying that he's a guy that doesn't get enough credit. So I'd be interested to see what he does. I'd like to stick, I, I'd like to keep him on this team as a, as a player that's sort of a coach at the same time. I mean, on the court, Iguodala can make a difference here and there. He can bolster your defense every now and then, but really his value is teaching these younger guys and kind of analyzing the game and letting them know what they did wrong and did right. So... From the 415, yeah, why would they bring back Iguodala? He didn't do nothing. Yeah, but he helped like coach the team is what I'm saying. And you could do it on a veteran minimum deal. I'd be very interested to see what happens. But it's up to Iguodala, ultimately. It's his decision. You know, what does he want to do? Does he want to stick? Like, that's just from my perspective, what I'm talking about with Iguodala. From his perspective, does he want to be in that role? Maybe not. Maybe not. From the 925, look, we all have great nostalgia for Iggy, but he doesn't play. I'd rather have him not take up a roster spot. That's fair. That's fair if you think that. I I, I personally just think on the other side of it. That's just me. You know, it doesn't matter either way because, look, what matters is whether they sign GP2 or Kavon Looney or both. Because depending on this Jalen Brunson deal, Jalen Brunson from the Mavs, who's a nice little combo guard. He's not necessarily a true point guard, but he's also a shooting guard as well. He could play both positions. He's been fantastic. And Doncic, Doncic, whenever he missed games, Brunson averaged 20 points a game along with 7 assists. Now, they ended up going 8-9 and nine overall without Doncic, but still, 
Those numbers are pretty damn good. And Jalen Brunson's a decent player. Like when he gets some space, you know, and he can he can knock down the shot from the mid range anywhere on the court. I think Jalen Brunson is fantastic. But depending on what he gets paid, I think that's going to set the bar. Because Gary Payton the second, I think, is due for a bag, man. I think he is. I, I think I think this dude, you know, like compared to Kevon Looney, we're all talking about market value and What's other? What are other teams going to be willing to pay this guy? And uh, other teams going to be? Uh, what what other teams are being willing to pay uh, to that guy? You know all that stuff. And Kavon Looney, like I'd feel that his value would be a little lower than we all think, and I think GP 2s value would be a little higher than we all think. Like Kavon Looney's great. Don't get me wrong. And every single every single team would want a guy like Kavon Looney on their team, a guy who can give you. You know, 15 to 20 minutes a night, who's proven that he could play every single game in a season leading up, leading all up to, up to Game 6 of the NBA Finals. He's proven he could stay healthy. But what's Kevon Looney going to look like next season? You know, this is going to be the first time that he's played this many games. And, you know, we, all, we, we, don't, we don't really talk about this whenever we're talking about the dynastic teams. But when you get to the middle of June, you know, it's not as much time off. You know, and you 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 you're just going to get right back into work after vacation. What's Kevon Looney going to look like next season? I think GP two is really due for something though. So that's one that I'm actually, I I I really think they need to pay GP two. That's number one. I really want them to, but number two, like I wouldn't be shocked if he got a pretty damn good deal from the five one zero. Why are people worried about the twelve guy when it's a nine ten guy rotation? Because that's what you worry about. When you're a championship team. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, like we already know the starting lineups are solidified. Like, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, regardless of what happens with Andrew Wiggins, he's still going to be on the team next season. He's still under contract for one more year. And the Warriors aren't obligated to pay him. Jordan Poole, probably going to be due for a contract, and I think they'd like to pay that guy, especially because of all the work that he's put in. I think he's going to be due for a, 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 a big payday. But you got your starting five solidified. You got your younger guys in Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman who's on the come up. You already got those dudes. So you got plenty to look forward to. Now, Otto Porter Jr. and GP2, that's going to be a big question. What's their, Are they going to be able to stick with the team? You're probably going to be able to get Otto Porter Jr. for the veteran minimum. Man, I... I but that's why. That's why we're talking about these dudes. Because that's it. And from the 925, from the 415, excuse me, I think you're in the minority on Andre. That's fine. That's fine. I'll be the contrarian from the 510. Iggy being on the bench can check Draymond as he did in Memphis when he fouled out. Iguodala was the only guy. He was the only guy who showed a little bit of frustration there. Man, Draymond with four rings next season. I mean, he already spent an entire podcast calling out all these other media members. <laughs> and then uh, from the from the from the four hundred eight, Iggy is a must if he's willing to play one more year. Nostalgia or not, he's a proven winner, and he's taught guys like Wiggins and Peyton to be at their peak. So, do you want that? You know what? That's going to be the question. Screw the rivalry thing. We'll do that tomorrow. I can. I I got plenty of stuff saved up for that. Um, for each team, I got the one rivalry that I'd want to see within an E60 documentary, kind of like what we're seeing with the Avs and the Red Wings right now. And if you haven't seen it, 
I haven't seen it either, but the trailer looked awesome, and I'm planning on watching it at some point soon. Didn't have time to last night, even though there weren't any sports on, plus I was busy writing my ode to Great America. But would you want to keep Andre Guadalla on this team? Just signing him to the veteran minimum, or do you just want to leave that roster spot open for someone else? Maybe for you know Patrick Baldwin Jr., who is going to be getting a spot on the 15-man roster, according to Anthony Slater on his latest piece. Then the other rookie, Rollins, who you could have on the 15-man roster, who they traded up to get. I wonder what decision they'd want to make, but what do you think? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. And Anthony Slater continued with Damon and Ratto, and he talked about the two timelines within the Warriors and free agency. The win now, develop now plan, which you know they've already checked the box of the win now, and now it's about the development. If they do just develop these tools, like Jordan Poole's going to be stepping into a huge, you know, elevated role next season. Maybe you're running pick and rolls with him and Kaminga. I do think some of the court chemistry will be really interesting to watch next season because, yes, they're a contender with these stable pieces that we all know, but and I'm excited to see, you know, Jonathan Kaminga try to turn into, you know, uh, the net league's next elite wing. And there's going to be ups and downs, but it won't be uninteresting, and I think that will make it not stale. And I'm going to continue to repeat this anytime his name is brought up, but Kaminga is the guy that I want to see take that next step. You know what's interesting actually is this is this was just a this was just like one word in the Draymond Green show when he was doing his podcast and he talked about the most professional guys that he had been around and number 1 was Kevon Looney. And then he also said Kevon Looney and then Moses Moody. Moses Moody the most uh, the other most professional guy that I've been around. And I'm like Moses Moody I mean, that dude is, what is he, just just turned 20? Like, Moses Moody already one of the most professional dudes that he's been around? Like, Moses Moody I'm not too worried about because the the games that he'd played, he didn't look overwhelmed. You know, but Kaminga, he's got so much athleticism. And I think that he knows that he can be a star. But also, not only do we have to be patient as fans, but he has to be patient too. And there was a lot. Of, there were a lot of times where, you know, there were games where you're like, "Damn, this dude! I am so glad they took this dude with the seventh pick. He is going to be a beast in the future." And that's mostly the prevailing thought, and I fall into that as well. I do think that he's going to be an absolute star. But there were times within the playoffs that he did look overwhelmed. You know, in that Grizzlies series, I always go back to this one sequence where he was guarding John Morant one-on-one, and it felt like this was a point in the series where nobody could stop John Morant. This was after he went off down the stretch in the fourth quarter, so Jonathan Kaminga was brought in as a sort of adjustment, and he guarded John Morant perfectly one-on-one. John Morant was going to his left. And with the footwork, the lateral quickness, Kaminga didn't let him get to the hoop. Instead, he made him dish it out to somebody else, and then the possession ended ended in a Jonathan Kaminga rebound. But then, Kaminga takes that thing all the way up court, goes coast to coast, and didn't have a plan with what he was going to do with the ball. And then it ended up being a turnover. So... There was a lot of good and bad with Kaminga, and I want to see him make those take those next steps to where there is far more good than bad. And again, don't get me wrong, I know a lot of you are gonna take that as, you know, I don't think Jonathan Kaminga is gonna be good, and you keep on going to these, you know, these massive conclusions that aren't true. No, not true. 
I think Kaminga is going to be fa- fantastic, but he's going to be the one I'm keeping a close eye on just to watch his development because I do expect some big things from him uh, within the future. But as far as developing those guys, I'm not too worried about Moses Moody. I think the game will come to him, and you know he'll stay patient. Very curious to see what happens with Kaminga, though. Can't wait for summer league. From the uh, from the nine two five, signing as a coach, let that roster spot go to a youngster from the seven oh seven. We need every roster spot since we're probably going to load manage the big three. Hmm, interesting. Now, Anthony Slater, this is uh, one more that I want to play, but we shouldn't expect a deal for Wiggins and Poole anytime soon. Have you seen any reports out there about you know numbers or whatever? They had like both sides haven't even begun to discuss it. And to me, Wiggins comes before Poole. Typically, with rookie extensions, that's more towards September October. There's a deadline for rookie extensions that's right around Halloween every year, and that's usually when you see those come to pass, because deadlines typically make deals. So um, while they are important as far as the the long-term puzzle pieces being put in place and the big money and what that does to the tax bill, those conversations are still a little bit away. Spending on the Warriors, man. <laughs> it's like, you know, we talk about all this, and we'd like to think, yeah, they can, we could just... You know, have Joe Lacob pay everybody, but you're essentially doubling. You're you're doubling exponentially the amount that this person's getting paid. Like Anthony Slater put it perfectly. So if you're paying a person, if you're paying a player eight million dollars, that essentially turns into like sixty million, over sixty million, when it comes to the luxury tax. So, whoo, <laughs> playing a. Uh, Try to pay all these dudes. It gets bitter. It gets bigger. The luxury tax just gets larger and larger. And Jay Lacob is going to continue to be the type of owner that he's been. I equate him to a parent who is taking their family to Disneyland. When the youngest of the family, it's the Sunday, you're done with the weekend, and your youngest keeps on asking for the Mickey Mouse-shaped lollipop, and the dad's like, no, I've spent my budget. I can't go over anymore. If I go over, then there are going to be far more penalties. This is going to affect me far greater in the future than me getting the lollipop for you right now. Like I feel like that's what Joe Lacob is. <laughs> He's like the dad at Disneyland who's just frustrated with paying for everything for the family, or the mom, of course, just the parents in general. That's what I that's what that's how I equate it. That's what it feels like every single time we're talking about you need to pay this guy, you need to pay that guy. For the four oh eight, trying to make the perfect Krabby Patty on the SpongeBob three D ride. Oh, what a time in Great America. What a time in Great America. All right, it's been a fun show today. Thank you so much for tuning in, talking a little Warriors free agency, NBA free agency in general, and then thank you for sticking with the Great America slam poetry reading. That was oh so eloquent by me. Bonte Hill, Joe the Butchwishaski. They're coming up next with the morning roast along with me and producer Sam Lubman up until 9 o'clock. And as always, go sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.